Welcome back to the podcast where I share the behind the scenes and the making of all dapper notes and accessories. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the denim edition titled The Runner. But first, it's been about two weeks since I've released the last episode. Actually, I've made an attempt to release every episode on a Tuesday, so it's been two weeks and a day. So, what's up? Unfortunately, I had a bit of a technical issue. Oh, don't worry. There's actually quite an interesting story behind that, and I will explain, and I think it's, it's fascinating enough to share with all of you on this podcast. So you know how in the news there was talk about how some MacBook Pro keyboards were failing? Now, I use a MacBook Pro, and if you haven't heard about the news, let me recap what happened. In 2016, Apple released a brand new keyboard mechanism, which they called the Butterfly Keyboard. I don't know if they called it that, but that's what people refer to it as, because instead of the standard, you know, push down to actually type, that a special super flat design, and the part that's under the key kind of looks like a butterfly when it goes up and down. And it turns out that that design had a major flaw. The flaw was that some people had the keys stop working altogether, and other people had multiple typing errors. So if you typed in a certain key, it would type it in twice or more. And for a while, Apple pretended that it was only a small percent of users that had this issue, and they didn't really take care of it. They didn't address it properly. Eventually, after enough people complained, and it was in the news quite a bit, uh, they started accepting free replacements. They made a program, but they only supported the latest two models of notebooks. And they said, if you have one of these, and you have an issue, we'll repair it for you at no cost. And then, a few weeks ago, this breakdown showed up on a Reddit post where somebody shared exactly what's been happening. This particular individual noticed that it happens a lot, and they know so because they themselves are an authorized Apple repair technician. They don't work for Apple. They're an independent company, I guess. And they repair Apple products and started seeing that, in fact, a lot of customers have an issue. And they noticed the trends that frequently used keys like vowels, which people type on a lot, or the space key, and other keys that are pressed quite a bit. Those were the ones that were kind of breaking. I'm not going to bore you with all the detail that was breakdown. If you look up in the Apple subreddit, you'll find the full breakdown. Uh, I kind of gave up halfway through to tell you the truth because it was very lengthy. Nevertheless, you can probably tell where this is going. I am one of those people who had that problem. My particular notebook had the letter U type in things twice. Now, I am a developer by trade, and when I'm coding, where, of course, the letter U gets used quite a bit, if I type the letter twice, my code breaks. And this was a very big problem, but I couldn't afford, really, to bring it in to repair I also couldn't afford the time that it would take for them to send it to wherever they fix things and then come back a week or two later, which is the expected turnaround time, to fix my keyboard and get it back. I always need my laptop for working. And so, about two weeks ago, after this person on Reddit made their post, Apple decided to extend their special program to every notebook model that had this kind of keyboard, mine included. They also promised that they're going to have a fast turnaround. They'll do it on site. They'll have enough replacement parts in every single Apple store. 
And as soon as I heard the news, I scheduled an appointment and I brought it in. I showed them that I had this issue and they accepted it and promised me next day you come back and everything will be fixed. Well, if you see where this is leading, that wasn't the case. The next day, I called them up and I said, hey, I haven't heard from you. What's up? They told me, while we were repairing it, we found that we need to replace your antenna, which in all likelihood means that they broke something as they opened up the computer, which happens to delicate parts. Now, my hands are tied. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. I said, I said, oh, wait, that's fine. They said, next day, turn around. We'll go to another store. We'll get the part. Everything will be fine. I said to them, not a problem. You do that. The next day, I called up, and I spoke to a rep who said, everything is working except for the Touch ID. Now, these new laptops have the power button as a Touch ID, so you can do verification for all sorts of things. This brand new top case that they put in, which includes a Touch ID, fixed my U problem, but introduced another. Now, obviously, they said they'll be responsible for fixing it, and they laid out two options for me. They said, you can take your keyboard, we'll order in a brand new part, and we'll fix it immediately on site as soon as that arrives. Or, alternately, we can send it to what uh, we call Depot, that's what they said. That's where they fix all the computers. And as soon as everything is fixed, we'll send it back to you. It'll happen pretty quickly. And the best part is that Depot fixes anything that's wrong with your computer. They have all the parts that you'll ever need to fix anything that's wrong. I said to them, if it will go very quickly, I have no problem. I can use my iPad Pro temporarily for some of my work and I'll, I'll get by for a few days with it. It was okay. Long story short, I won't bore you with more details. While my computer was away, I tried to use the iPad to record a podcast. I followed all sorts of YouTube videos, and I connected all of my audio equipment, and it turned out to be terrible sounding. The audio was horrible. I couldn't fix it. This whole episode that I'm about to talk about, that was slightly longer, but I'm going to shorten out because I've already spent a few minutes just describing to you my issues. Um, I couldn't get a good sounding track out, so I said, I'll wait till my computer comes back and then I'll record. I finally have it back. They've installed a brand new motherboard, brand new hard drive, which means I had to literally set up everything from scratch. It's a fresh new OS. Everything that I had beforehand was kind of lost. Not my data, because I back it up on Google Drive, whatever. Here we are, finally back to me recording episodes for this podcast and releasing them to you so I can tell the story of that next edition. So how about that? Let's discuss the Denim Edition, the one that I called The Runner. The Runner was scheduled for release around November of 2016, and it did come out at that time. It was also around election time that year, and so I decided I will theme it around red, white, and blue, not really talk about it in relation to the election theme, but I like to sometimes release an edition around either a personal thing that's going on, or something that's not personal, that's for everyone, or at least the majority. Some of you are from outside of the USA in this instance. It is sort of seasonal in a way. When I do that, usually I won't really talk about the fact that it fits the season. It just feels right. And so I create my theme around what feels right to me at that time, whether it's personal or otherwise. There was also a common request, not a lot, but when people were kind of suggesting, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? 
One of the have you tried questions was about denim. I don't really know why people were asking about denim. I mean, it is a very nice material, and I've kind of thought I may do one one day. But since a few people asked, I said, eh, now is as good as time as any. I'm doing the red, white, and blue theme. Got a blue cover. I can theme everything else in the colors around that and work it out quite nicely. The material of denim in itself is not a really challenging material to work with. It's the perfect thickness to make a Dapper Notes cover. Like, really perfect. It's thick enough so that glue doesn't seep through. It binds really nicely to a cloth. It's so perfect that I knew I wouldn't even have that much complexity, really, in creating it. It would be a pretty straightforward production. And so, in order to introduce something that gave me more of a challenge, I decided to go with a video component. I filmed every single step of the process of me making notebooks. Now, I hadn't released a video up until then. I just talked about it. I took photos. This was the very first time that I was making video. I was also, at the same time, starting to do video for my Hebrew typography work, very much an amateur in video editing and planning for it. I knew a little bit of what I was doing. I had an idea of how to film and light, but at the same time, I did a lot of things very, very wrong. You won't necessarily notice it, but for example, the color balance in the video, I didn't even know how to color balance. It has a weird green tint. I also didn't know how to plan properly for a shoot, which in later editions that I filmed, I knew about, so I planned much better. During the making of the runner, the shooting was very, very interruptive to my process. So even though the actual process itself was familiar and not complicated, the fact that I added video to it actually complicated it quite a bit, which was nice. It gave me kind of a change of pace to what it was that I was expecting, and I ended up having enough footage to cut a video that it's 63 seconds long. This video is on YouTube. I believe it's the most watched one on the YouTube channel, probably because for a very long time it was the only video on there. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can watch it straight away. It's 63 seconds. My very first video for Dapper Notes that I am extremely proud of. At that time, remember, Dapper Notes were still called Hebrew type books. I've explained this previously. Right around the turn of the next edition, which is actually something I'll be talking about in the next episode, that's when I finally changed the name to Dapper Notes. But because I was doing things around Hebrew type books, I also made one unique notebook for every edition that had special handwriting on the cover, and I sold that one unique notebook. This particular one, I actually sewed with nice thick thread the words shach on it. I was taking part of a weekly... Hebrew lettering challenge that some Instagram account was running. They're no longer around, and it happened to be that right around the time of release, the weekly challenge was to letter the word shach. Shach actually stands for shekel chadash, which means the new shekel denomination that's used in Israel. So I lettered that onto the cover by sewing it with colorful thread, and it the word in itself is kind of an ambigram, so it was actually very befitting of my notebooks that could be used either direction for right or left or left to right. So even though the cover had this thing on there that said something in Hebrew, you could actually start using it right to left, left to right, and it would work either way. Side note, one of my favorite things about the logo, which by the way spells EA, which are my initials, I think I have a blog post where I explain that, I digress, that also in itself is an ambigram and works perfectly in either direction 
upside down, right side up. And that's why, even though it doesn't say Dapper Notes, it is my personal initials, it's kind of like my signature. It also works with the theme of being able to use it in any direction. And that's why that is that has always been and still remains and will always be the logo that I use for Dapper Notes. Interestingly about this edition, it has been so far the one with the highest fray count. Fray is when the edges of the cover, the fabric, have threads come out of it. Every fabric behaves differently. Some of them don't fray at all. When I don't use fabric, I use another material that's obviously no fray. But when I'm using certain fabrics that are threaded in a certain way, when they're manufactured, where the weave is a certain style, where the thickness is a certain direction, they they will fray in the end. So when I'm picking materials, I generally try to find ones that won't fray too much. But since I was going ahead and picking a denim material, I didn't really test it ahead of time. I just was going to do denim regardless. And as it turns out, denim is the kind of material that will fray. I don't know if I'll be making denim in the future unless I find one that frays a little bit less because even though I'm very fond of the fraying, it shows a nice natural wear and tear. I think to my taste, that's the kind of extreme that I would like to try to avoid in the future. But at the same time, I haven't heard a single comment from anyone, negative or positive, about the fraying. So probably not a problem, but I would like to hold myself to a certain kind of standard on that. And I don't know if I'll make denim additions again until I find the perfect kind of denim. But when I do, you bet there's going to be another one. The name is the last thing I'm going to talk about with regards to The Runner. It is not after a song, but rather a hint to the presidential race that was going around at the time. It's talking about them literally running for uh, president of the United States of America. It also works together with the red, white, and blue theme that I talked about. And I hadn't mentioned why I called The Runner until now. I didn't feel a strong need to, but this podcast is a tell-all and tell-all I am. Speaking of saying things now, uh, tomorrow on Thursday, June 6th, check the Instagram stories and potentially lives where I'm going to be working on the next edition. This next edition, the 21st, is going to be the most collaborative one ever. The first step that I'm taking tomorrow on Thursday is screen printing the covers and the end sheets with some friends who are also going to be filming it. And I will share some sneak peeks on Instagram. So if you want to see what's happening behind the scenes, get a head start on what's going to come out the other end, follow at Dapper Notes, and there will be lives and stories. I don't know which yet. We'll find out when it happens. Tomorrow night, you'll have some of that to see. This is it for this episode. In the next one, I'll be talking about the first ever craft cover edition. This one was the first to come in packs. And interestingly, it's harder to make in some ways than a regular Dapper Notes. But more on that next week. Visit DapperNotes.com for all the latest editions and accessories. And subscribe to the Bookhead Club, where you can save $15, essentially getting one free book, and half off shipping worldwide. This has been 